Hey, Bucketheads. Happy Tuesday. It's Joe from at CBB DFS, and with me is just one guy, Bird. Just Bird, right? Yeah, just me. Sad trombone. No James today. He's in sunny San Diego and probably having more fun than us. We're going to call this the two-man game, right? We're going to have a little play a little two-man game, all right? Yeah, we've got experience. We've got a we have a history as a two-man team. We're pretty pretty awesome history. <laughs> You're talking about two-on-two basketball against our buddies back in the day? Yeah, back in the day we'd play two-on-two basketball. We'd videotape every game. Uh we'd mm-hmm. play to to 30 by ones. We'd play, mm-hmm. you know, two or three games in the middle of the summer. We also played on out. a we also played on a nine-foot hoop, so we could do some slam jam bams. Yeah, that, that was our. We were we were highlights, and they were boring fifteen-foot jumpers. We lost a lot. Yeah, I guess boring fifteen-foot jumpers win. They're, they were they were the Virginia of of two-on-two basketball, and we were uh, somebody much cooler and less effective yeah. at winning. Ninety-one UNLV, maybe. Yeah. Any Kentucky team. But without the winning. Yeah, minus the winning. We had more fun. We did. And let, let's have some fun tonight. Let's try to knock this 10-gamer out real quick and, and give the Bucketheads what they want. Yeah, the reason why we're doing this is because it's awfully hard for us to write up 10 games with two folks. Um, we might put together some sort of written summary for the people who don't get a chance to listen to the pod. As far as what we want to do, we want to breeze through our 10-game slate. We got some notes on all the games. Now, James is our ACC and Big Ten guy, so we'll do our best to kind of fill in those gaps. We're not completely oblivious to them, but, you know, we'll we'll make it work, right, Bird? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready to go. All right, but before we do that, um, last Saturday had a lot of fun, really high-scoring tournament, a lot of good feedback, and I believe we got a bunch of new reviews and a bunch of new five-star ratings. Uh, we did. We got four new reviews, uh, several more five-star ratings. Uh, so we'll go through these really fast. Uh, the first one is from Aggie DFS, and Aggie DFS's title was "The Shawshank Redemption of Podcasts," which, I mean, that's it's a strong, strong title. Strong title. Real strong. Good movie. Say, good pod. Oh yeah, great movie. So he said, "It's me. I'm here to review." Many months ago, I was at my in-laws for Thanksgiving, and as you can imagine, it was a blast. And he's got sarcasm. That was sarcasm tone there. He says, it was at the point I found out DK was doing college basketball. Simply said, I was hooked. Over time and during office meetings, I would mention to a coworker how much fun DFS CBB was. This coworker, Peter, previously reviewed the podcast and proclaimed its awesomeness, like I had said all along. Our daily calls after 4.30 now end in DFS CBB chatter. I feel like part of the awesome. team. Yeah, I feel like part of the team and have never even communicated with anyone on this podcast. Thank you for providing an outlet for people that love college sports. I can't wait for March Madness. Yeah, and real quick on that, Bird, that's how we kind of started. When we heard CBB DFS was coming back to DraftKings, we would have conversations after work at about 4, 4.30 every day. It being like, how are we going to take advantage of this? That's kind of cool. You are part of the team, though. Yeah, yeah, Aggie, we, we feel like we should conference you in at 4.30 and, and have some conversations as well. This is awesome. Hey, or guest right for us when uh, someone goes to San Diego. Yeah, when someone selfishly goes to horrible San Diego. I don't care. Real job excuse. I'm not buying it. I don't either. Hey, so our next one, one, uh, Mike OKC003, and he says his title is, Want to Make Money? They Won't Steer You Wrong, which is right. I mean, that's what we do. We want want our bucket heads to win all the money. Yeah. So he says, great in-depth information from knowledgeable hosts. 
always does their homework and brings their A game to every podcast. Luckily, I found the podcast with an extensive search for college basketball content. Very appreciative for the time that they take to make all their content, including the write-ups. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. A couple things there. I brought my B-plus game tonight, so I'll just get that out there up in front, right? That's that's a solid solid B plus. I would have taken it, that in college all day long. Right, but I mean it's it's a Tuesday night, so it's it's a B plus effort. But I'm a, I got some some doozies in there. I might get some extra credit with some of the stuff. I like it. I like it. And there are some value plays tonight, so uh, we'll get yeah, into those. So we do have two more quick uh, reviews to get through. Uh, Rivers one two nine eight said best CBB pod, great format, super informative, worth a listen as both a fantasy and CBB fan. Uh, so Rivers one two nine eight. Awesome. We appreciate that. And uh, glad you're following us. Glad you're listening along. And uh, Carrot Eater's back. Carrot Eater 67 is back and said, great pod. Thanks for the great free content in a space with very little of it. And so Carrot Eater, uh, welcome back. Uh, glad you're still on the vegetable train. We, we appreciate the listens. Absolutely. Hey, I got one more thing to add from the reviews, and we appreciate those, so keep them coming, guys. Um, We are looking into trying to find ways to make us more accessible with uh, different search engine optimization tools and things of that nature. But for now, you guys, Buckethead, word of mouth, gotten us this far. We want to keep going. So if you you know someone who's interested in CBB DFS, definitely send along our Twitter, send along our website, and hopefully they can get on this train and become a Buckethead, too. Yeah, March Madness is coming, right? And everybody gets excited for March Madness. Uh, you know, it's be a good way for somebody to introduce themselves to the college basketball and get get primed and ready for the tournament. Right. And Bird, before we get into today's slate, if we have another ten tomorrow, we might knock out another thirty minute pod again like this. That's really going to depend on your guys' feedback. I know some people probably prefer the written form, but this is just a lot easier for us to manage. It is. So yeah, let's. Uh, if we're going to get that thirty minutes, we better jump into it. Go for it. So we, uh, like Joe said, we do have a 10-game slate, 20 teams uh, playing on the Tuesday. Uh, I think it's uh, three thousand dollars to first. Yep. Is that right, Joe? And for DraftKings, right. so yep. not bad, a, a decent tournament. We missed the five-dollar one. I think that's their best format, but it is what it is. So the first game, we have four games that are in that don't go overboard section, and the first one is Notre Dame at Virginia. Not Next. surprisingly, over/under of 123. Next. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say that jokingly, but honestly, outside of talking about Mooney, you don't want any piece of this game. And I'm not even sure you can pay for Mooney anyway. I mean, are you no, really going to pay? King. Yeah, yeah. Can you pay for the price king at, at an over-under of 123? I don't really think so. So Notre Dame, uh, 293rd in average possession length on defense, about 18 seconds per possession on defense. Virginia is slowest tempo in the nation and 21.1 seconds per possession on offense. So second slowest in the nation. This is just a horrible game. Yeah, I, I here's the entirety of my notes. Skip. Yeah. I think that's, that's our, that's there's our, so much value. There's so many good plays tonight. If you want to be contrarian, you know, go, go get a piece. Uh, maybe go get a shooter from Virginia. Don't play Diacate, but go, go find a shooter maybe. But otherwise, yeah, let's just move on to the next one. I like it. So the next one we have is Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Kansas State is a three-point home favorite with an over/under of 131 and a half. And I've got listed, you know, Cartier Jara is 7,300. Um, he played more minutes last game. His minutes have been down recently, um, but they did increase last game. If he's going to get 30, 35 minutes at home, he's an okay play. And Dewan Gordon uh, is 4,500 for Kansas State. He's a he's a decent punt. He's been playing 25, 30 minutes a game. 
and it might be able to get you that 4x number at, at that low 4500 price point. I uh, didn't see a, a lot of people from the Cowboys that I loved. Uh, Joe, anything there that you saw? No, I got to skip on here as well. But the one thing I do want to note is this is an 8 o'clock tip. So those of you playing the late slate, um, this is going to be one of those four games. And my note was, I'm going to skip it, but ask for Bird, our big 12 guy, to give us a name from each team. You gave us Cartier. What about, uh, what about uh, give us one name from Oklahoma State. Uh, Thomas DeZigua, he is a guard, a really good shooter. He is playing 30 minutes a game the last two games. He's priced down to 4400 He can at least make some shots. But really, there's just not a lot of upside in this game. Kansas State's going to play really well at home defensively. It's going to be a super slow game. Oklahoma State's been horrible this year. I just yeah. There's so many good options tonight that I just don't really feel like this is a great spot to, no, to get. No, I agree. And as we go through really. this, you mentioned this earlier, but as we go through this, there's a lot of guys that we've found in the 4,500 range. Like if we were doing our value plays where we try to find someone under 4,500, there's a lot of people in this realm. So if you're going to go looking for someone in that area, probably better to find them from a different game. Yeah, and in one of those games, I think there's a couple good value plays is our next one in here, uh, Arkansas at Tennessee. Tennessee is a two-point home favorite with an over-under of 133.5. And, And Joe, the SEC is kind of your baby. Uh, Do you want to get us started on this one? Yeah, um, we talked about 4,500 being the cutoff. Listen to this. For Arkansas, Mason Jones is 8,200. He's capable of monsters, and he's that whole team right now, especially with Isaiah Joe out two to four weeks with a knee. After Mason Jones at 8,200, every Arkansas player is under $4,500. Everyone. So you get... You can play the stud for 8,200, or you can mix and match. Now, unfortunately, there isn't a clear path to here's who's going to be the number two score. I probably like uh, Harris and Sills at guard the best um, just because they're getting close to 30 minutes. Harris was their starting point guard all last year. I did uh, forget about our boy, uh, Witt. Outside of Jones and Witt, the one and two, everybody else is under 4,500. So there's a lot of value here on Arkansas. That's that's a good place to go for minutes, for sure. And Musselman's going to want to push the pace. Tennessee's going to slow it down, but Arkansas ultimately wants to run. I was surprised this line was 133.5. Um, I, I think it goes over, but Tennessee does play a lot better at home, and they have the ability to control the tempo at times. Yeah, I like that. And I had Sills and, and uh, Harris listed as well. Adriel Bailey is kind of their only postman right now. Yeah. Um, he's played 29 and 35 minutes the last two games and yep. has done really well, 20 points, 27 DK points. Um, so he's been pretty good. For Tennessee, uh, Josiah, Jordan James, or Jordan James, Josiah, whichever combination those three J's come, he's still questionable, so we'll watch that and tweet out any news if we if we uh, hear it. Jalen Johnson has been kind of up and down as his replacement. Both uh, Vascovi and Pons are in good form. Um, they're at each at 6,100. And really, when you're talking about Pons and Fulkerson at 6,700 for that re- matter, both of them should thrive in this matchup due to Arkansas's lack of an interior presence. So those are not big bigs, but they are people who sh- should have plenty of rebounds to go to help help their floors. Yeah, that's exactly right. And Arkansas, number one in the nation, defending the three. Uh, so a slight downgrade to your to your perimeter players for Tennessee. I do like Viscovi just because he's a ball hog. Um, he is. Um, but you're right. I think I think Pons makes a lot of sense as an active kind of undersized forward who can go get a bunch of rebounds. Agree. You want to jump into the next one? Yeah, let's keep it moving. So the next one we have is Mississippi State at Old Miss. And Mississippi State is a two-point favorite on the road with an over-under of 138.5. 
feeling you're probably going to talk about Reggie Perry, and I have a feeling you're probably going to talk about Brian Tyree. <laughs> you have to mention those two guys. They are the lifeblood of each of the team. Um, Perry's at 8,400. He's way better at home. Um, but that being said, I, I'm done telling people not to play studs because studs are studs for a reason. Um, play Perry if you like him. I'll probably wait for him to get a home game. He's 8,400, and he's an awesome player. Also on Mississippi State, I think Nick Weatherspoon is priced correctly. And I think if you want to get a little risky in a GPP, DJ Stewart has really taken over that two-guard role. Um, and he's 5,000, and he's got the ability to fill it up a little bit. So DJ Stewart on the Mississippi State side. For the Ole Miss side, you did mention Brian Tyree. He has 32 and 50 DK in his last two. That's pretty good. I think one of them was like a 39-point outburst. Um, but actually, his price is now up to 7,300, which, again, I still think is fine for Tyree. But I really like uh, Devontae Schuler And, Bird, this is one of our guys from the beginning of the year who we thought was going to have a big one. Well, lately he's kind of come on. He's only 6,000, and in his la- in three of his last four, he has a 5X and two 7Xs, and that, that's a ton. Uh, Devontae Schuler is who I like out of this one, and as you know, as we said last pod, I'm a Psy guy as well. Yeah, you are a Psy guy, and, and, and he was pretty good last week. He, he didn't quite get a 4X, but he was involved. He did well. Um, I had Schuler written down as well as a really good one of those guys who just can do a little bit of everything, right? He's going to get you points. He's going to get your rebounds. He's going to get some assists. He's going to get some steals. Yep. And so, you know, anytime you have a guy who can get those ancillary stats, that's always somebody that we're really looking for, um, especially at a pretty cheap price tag. Pretty cheap price tag, and and if he does get it going offensively, he can smash. And that's what I like is the 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 safe floor with the ability to smash. And that's what I see in Schuler. And at home is is a little added, you know, cherry yep. on top. Absolutely. So that closes up our, our don't our don't go overboard section, those games that we might have a little exposure to, but not a ton. Um, our middle section, our, our tread water section, games that we want to kind of dip our toe in and see what's up. Um, this is going to start with uh, the Big Ten matchup, right? It is. So we have Michigan State at Illinois. A big game for both teams, really. And uh, Michigan State's listed as a one-point huge favorite game. right now. A huge game. And the over-under of 142. You know, Illinois defensively, is going to play that pack line defense, try to prevent three-pointers. Uh, probably a, one of those games where Tillman can can continue to play well. Uh, he's coming off 40, 40 DK points in his last two games, and he had 47 DK against Illinois earlier this season at Breslin. Cassius Winston is always safe. Uh, Joe, any other thoughts on that one? Yeah, plenty of thoughts. Um, we talked about how Arkansas was top-heavy pricing-wise. Michigan State's kind of the same way. You got Winston, you got Tillman, and then you go to uh, Henry at 5,600, but then the rest of the Spartans are 4,100. And the last time I checked, basketball teams are made up of five players on the floor at a time. So there's value here. I don't know the Big Ten. This is where I kind of wish James was with us because he might be able to shed some light on who for Sparty might be a good play. This weekend he mentioned Hall, who's 4,000. His minutes seem to be in line, and that play is not a terrible play from the looks of things. Yeah, I I agree with Hall. Uh, He's got the most steady minutes. Uh, Bingham's minutes are down a little bit. And Brown's playing some minutes, but he isn't really doing anything with them. And I think he was a little bit banged up, too. So I I like Malik Hall. Um, I also, from Illinois, uh, Alan Griffin has played a lot of minutes lately. uh, or He's playing about 20 minutes a game, but he's sitting right around 4 or 5x in the last couple games. A pretty good shooter, a pretty Mm -hmm. good energy guy. Uh, He's another kind of cheap option that we could look at. Speaking of energy guys, Feliz has come on, which is funny because two weeks ago I had him as my bust play at Michigan. And he broke out and had his first 4X in like two months. And since then, he's had four straight games of 4X. So Andres Feliz is definitely in play at 6,400 again. 
that he might be carrot eater. He might be. He wears orange. Yeah. Maybe. No, that's Maybe you fired him up. I, I might have. Uh, that, that, that's a very real thing. But Illinois, you know, uh, Kofi Coburn's been a little down and out of uh, in a funk lately, and Io feels a little pricey to me. I haven't played a lot of Io this year, and I know he's played better of late, but 7,400 seems like a lot. I don't have a good feel for how Illinois is priced. So if I am playing this game at all, I'm probably looking for the value Michigan State guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do think, and I think James would say, um, Io is kind of a gamer. This is a big home game True. going against Winston, uh, you know, a guy who a lot of people feel is the best point guard in the Big Ten. True. And, you know, he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder. This feels like that type of game where he could uh, he could exceed. But you are right. His price is up to his highest point of the season. And he hasn't hit 4X at this price in three games. So, yeah. Again, Kofi kind of feels due, <laughs> you know, but he hasn't hit 4X in three of four. And when he's been bad, he's been real bad. Um, but this could be a game at home where he kind of gets right and has one of those monster 20 and 10. So I'd put him in that uh, kind of Reggie Perry. I'm not going to hate anyone or bag on anyone for playing Kofi, but, uh, you know, something to keep in mind. Yep. A bunch of tournament options, uh, not nearly as safe as some of those guys that we talked about, like Schuler and some of those guys before. Yeah. So let's move Good. on to an SEC game. Uh, we've got Missouri at LSU. Uh, LSU, a big 11-point favorite with an over-under of 144. And uh, Tillman is out for Missouri. Uh, Mark Smith is questionable. And Joe, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, Tillman is week to week, according to Conzo. So I don't even know what that means. He came back and played a game or two ago, and then he re-aggravated whatever is bothering him. So I think um, he might have just sprained vag. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm supposed to be the Missouri supporter with you guys here. So... No, Tillman's out. Mark Smith has missed the last three games. Uh, Missouri's kind of in trouble. LSU doesn't play a lot of defense, so it'd be a good spot to play a Missouri team if there was some semblance of consistency, but there really isn't. Um, I like Drew Smith at 6,800 just because he's their whole team, especially if Mark Smith doesn't play. I think that Drew should easily hit 4X and have some upside. And then on the LSU, I mean, how, how many times can we write up or talk about LSU? Their pricing has really come up of late with three guys now over 7K, but I still like them in this one. This is a team that's put up 90 points in three of their last four. I probably won't play Mays at 7,700, even though he's their best scorer. It just feels a little too high, but I do think Marlon's in a good spot at 4,400. So uh, that's what I'm thinking on LSU. What about you? Do you have any notes on this one, Bird? I think Mays could be pretty highly owned. He's coming off 58 DK points uh, that last game against Auburn. And, and I agree, it's, this feels just kind of like a, you know, he's probably going to get 30 points, yeah, but but I, I don't really see a ton of, like, massive upside. And you'd think the postman would probably have a little bit more success from an LSU perspective, especially with Tillman out. Uh, they should be able to have their way down low. I think Missouri is pretty poor on the glass. But and I did the, the, want to get your thoughts, Joe. Uh, Mitchell Smith from Mizzou, uh, he's 4,700. He's played over 30 minutes the last two games, has 27 DK points and 24 DK points. Uh, any thoughts on him at home and their size is going to be needed against the athletic front court of LSU? Thoughts on him? Not necessarily. I mean, I've just, I've tried playing him earlier in the year and he just hasn't done much. Um, he has come on of late, but he's been a lot better at home than he has been on the road. So it is intriguing at 4,700. I think there's worse plays you can make, um, but I'm probably, I just think there's better options on this slate. Yeah, and it seems like they kind of just have a bunch of flyers for Missouri right now. That Reed Nico 
had a double-double last game, but his minutes are pretty inconsistent. The same thing goes with their guards when you're looking at Pickett and Pinson and Watson. You're not sure whose turn it's going to be. Um, back at the forward, Kobe Brown's had some nice games, but it's just it's hard to project that team outside of Drew Smith and Mark Smith when he's healthy. Even Tillman was a bit of a wild card when he was fine. On the LSU side of things, it's night and day different. LSU is the same team every every week, every game, and it's just a matter of how much, how how many couple of hundred the pricing goes up and down for each of the guys. Yep. We always like Trenton Watford. I think he's going to be a fine play at 7,200. Probably isn't going to break the slate, uh, but feels like a 4X type of player. And yep. I guess that's just kind of the theme for LSU, right? Just they, they feel they feel priced they're right. They're, yep. they're, they're an excellent cash team. If you're looking for GPP breakouts, again, I, I like you said, they're all capable of breaking out, but they're, they're all going to be great cash plays four out of five games with occasionally going off. No one really is going to let you down here. But if, if you want to take a flyer on them, it's a safe cash play, and and they have some upside. So it's who you feel good about. Yeah, I like that. You want to go on to the next SEC game? Yeah. So the next one we have listed here is Kentucky at Vanderbilt. And Kentucky is an 11-point favorite with an over-under of 145. And we put this in the tread water just because there is a little bit of blowout risk. Uh, I know Vanderbilt's played a little bit better lately. Um, but this should be a game Kentucky should handle start to finish. Yeah, and the reason Vanderbilt's played better is Saban Lee's gone nuts. He had uh, 40 and 49 in his last two from a DK standpoint. Ever since uh, Nesmith's been out, he's been kind of their whole show. Scotty Pippen Jr., uh, we're old Bulls fans, so you know I like watching him and seeing him do well. Um, he's priced about right at 5,700, um, but really I'm not getting too excited about these Vandy guys. Kentucky's going to smother them defensively even though it's on the road. UK is a little more intriguing. Higgins is down, and I put that in quotes, to 7,200. Kind of feels like a trap to me, but it's very enticing. What do you think about that, Bird? Uh, I, all the Kentucky players' prices are down a little bit. Higgins, he hasn't been quite as good. I think Quickly's taken a little bit more usage lately, which mm-hmm. has lowered the ceiling and the floor a little bit for Higgins. Um, I think he's he's, he's okay. Um, the, the player who really stood out to me is Nick Richards at 7,400. Uh, Richards was up close to 8,000. Actually, he was 8,000 his last game, so he's down 600. Vanderbilt is is giving up 56% shooting percentage to two-point field goals in conference play, <laughs> and that is not good. So this just feels like a spot where Richards could, could completely smash. Price is down. He's as steady as you can be. Uh, I, I just think he's a he's a great option uh, inside against that interior of, of Vanderbilt. He is. And one thing I want to keep in mind, if you're looking for super value, right, Khalil Whitney's gone, which left a hole at Kentucky's small forward. And they kind of rotating it with the three guards all around six, three. But that that three, four player hasn't has kind of been missing. And lately, Keon Brooks, Jr., who's thirty four hundred, has been getting some run there, a little more run. He's another five star freshman. He played twenty six minutes last time out on the eighth and then he played twenty two minutes on February first. So Keon Brooks is getting an extended run, and if you can tell me I can have a five-star Kentucky freshman against Vanderbilt, I'm going to be interested at 3,400. And also, Johnny Juzang, he's actually listed as a guard. He's 3,600, got 24 minutes last game, and he had 13 points. He's more of a scorer. I think he's a high four-star freshman, and he's another person who's looking to insert themselves into into that regular rotation as Kentucky figures out who they are and continues to get better towards the end of the year as they do every freaking year. 
yeah, there's no doubt about that. So there's a couple of good punt plays. And I think Tyrese Maxey, the other five-star uh, yep. guard, is, is more of your safe uh, cash game type of play. At 6,400, he's priced down a little bit and has every shot on earth to get 30 DK points uh, at Vanderbilt. Yeah, and and if you're if you're a Nate Sestina guy, I think that ship has kind of sailed. He doesn't play enough defense for Coach Cal, and EJ Montgomery kind of comes and goes with the tide. You don't know what you're going to get out of him on a given night. So that's about everybody on Kentucky who's relevant. So you should have a good feel for that one by now. Yeah, and and, and Vanderbilt really outside of Lee is a, a bunch of question marks or more tournament type of plays. Uh, Maxwell Evans is going to shoot a bunch of threes. Uh, if they go in, he could hit value at 4,700 but he is very scoring dependent. Sure. So that closes out our uh, section on the, the middle ground, the, the tread water, our dip our toe in the water section. Let's get to our dive in section where we want to expose ourselves to these games. And what do we got first here? <laughs> hey, we've got NC state at Syracuse and Syracuse is a five point favorite with an over under of 144. Uh, we've got some injury news here. So, We've got a couple people for NC State. Helms and Thunderbird are both questionable. And if they're out tomorrow, Manny Bates at 4,900 is just a lock and load play. He had 32 DK points last game, number one block rate in the entire nation. And so if he's going to get extended run with uh, the rest of the forwards out for NC State, I think he's a really good play uh, on the road at Syracuse. I did see Thunderbird was trending towards playing. Like he practiced on Monday is what I read today. So now I do have a question for you staying with NC state and staying on that injury theme. A couple weeks ago, we talked about CJ Bryce and we talked about whether you want, want to see someone do it before you put him back in the lineup. Well, last time out he had 40 DK. So I think we've seen him do it and he's only 6,800. Is that someone against the Syracuse zone you're looking at? Yes, for sure. Uh, he, he was, he's 6,800 on the slate. He was up to 8,200, uh, earlier in the year when he scored 43 DK points at Auburn. And so, yeah, I think he's a guy who can stretch the zone. Uh, I think his rebounding is going to be needed, especially if some of the interior players for NC state are a little banged up, uh, cause he does have some decent rebounding upside. He went 22 points, 11 rebounds last game. Uh, the Syracuse zone is going to give up a ton of rebounds. And so I do, I like him a lot. I think he's a good buy low candidate who has proven to us that he is back and fully healthy. I like it. What about Syracuse? You got any notes on them? Uh, just one more quick one on NC State. Uh, I do think you can pay up for Markel Johnson at 8,000. Uh, Syracuse uh, gives up the most threes in the nation, and they give up the most assists in the nation. So I think he's got a guy who's going to have a shot. Um, he's going to be have the ball in his hands a ton, and at 8,000, I think that's a pretty fair price tag. Uh, from a Syracuse perspective, uh, Elijah Hughes, you look at his game logs, it's kind of funny. He's played 40 minutes in six straight games. So how many minutes are there in a basketball game? 40. 40. So he plays every stinking minute. So yeah. if you're looking for a cash play, a nice, safe cash play at home against a marginal defense, Elijah Hughes, 8,600, he's going to get you 35 DK points. Yeah, no. Set your, set your watch to it. He's, I, I wrote here Edward 40 hands. Remember that game? <laughs> In college where you taped 40s to your hands and you, you didn't do anything until the, the beers were gone? That's because he gets 40 that? minutes. What's that? Did you ever play that? Yeah, I did. It, it it only got weird when I had to use the restroom. Oh, yeah, that is awkward. <laughs> were you better at that than you were at uh, beer bongs? Uh, oh, way better. Way better. I I I could not beer bong to save my life. So that's, that's, we had to set the timer for Joe on the beer bong. So it would take uh, several minutes, which is not how that's supposed to work. I'd get in under five minutes, which was pretty cool. 
Yeah. I mean, most do, people do it in five seconds and you did five minutes. I know. Hey, um, Buddy, Buddy Behind's kind of the same way. He gets a lot of 40-minute games. And Gerard, he's not quite at 40, but he's at 36, 35, 34 normally in his game long. At 5,900, are you liking Gerard too? I think he's a tournament option for sure. I think Beheim uh, probably is a little bit more stable, uh, while Gerard is more of a hit or miss. But Gerard's numbers have been pretty good lately. I think both are in play. I think both are fine. Wasn't Gerard the big-time high school scorer? Yeah, he had uh, like 5,200 points that he scored in high school or some just crazy number. Like he's number one scorer in New York state history, and he's like 2,000 points higher than Lance Stevenson, who was number two. Like it's just <laughs> nuts. So he can flat out score. Um, I do like any of those options at home. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty high scoring game. I could see that going over the, the 145 as well. So I think it's an intriguing game. Okay, and before we move on to Rhode Island Dayton, which we're going to talk about next, I do want to say I, I looked up Markel while you were talking about him because I didn't like I didn't think he was a good enough shooter to play him in a cash cash format, um, and he's only shooting. I mean, the three point percentage you'd like to see it a little bit higher, but his home road splits, he's actually a better road player. So I do think he'll be very active and be able to attack and penetrate and create a lot of stuff for this game. So I am not through the shooting, but I'm still validating and co-signing on your Markel play. Nice. I like it. Thanks for the cosign. Hey, let's jump into that Rhode Island uh, Dayton game and Rhode Island plays fast. They are one of the faster tempos in the game. So, so Dayton gets a pace up game at home here. Dayton's listed as a nine and a half point favorite with an over under of 147 and uh, Rhode Island's 10 and one in conference. So this is kind of a huge game. Yeah, Rhode Island's good. Um, well, they were on a slate earlier in the year, and I had a lot of fun writing them up, mainly because their league guys are Fats Russell and Srill Langevin or something like that. I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the names for the Rhode Island fans, but Fats, Fats Russell sounds like he should be playing jazz somewhere on Bourbon Street. Um, but he's averaging 20 points, four rebounds, five assists, and three steals a game. He is uh, 8,700, I think, second highest on the slate. He needs 34.8 to hit value and he's averaging 38 DK a game. So Fats Russell is someone that if you have the extra money because there's a lot of value, I don't see Dayton necessarily slowing him down. Fats Russell, great name, great game. Frill, he's he's kind of a double double head. So he's your he's your classic 10 and 10 guy, not a mega scorer, but he is a mega rebounder, averaging over 10 per game. And like you said this team does play fast so you can't really sleep on martin and dotwin which are their uh or really their second and third scoring options probably their third and fourth dk options um but these guys are both in the mid sixes they're both very underrating uh, martin has a little more rebounding upside uh but uh, dotwin's more of a score so i think if you're if you're feeling good about Rhode Island, maybe get one of those guys in your lineup because that, that's how they would really separate themselves or keep them in this game against Dayton. Yeah, Jeff Doughton or Doughton, however you pronounce it, is uh, is 6,500. He has at least 28 DK points in six straight games. Yeah, that's 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 easy money by yeah. by the game log. Yeah, by the game logs, and obviously Dayton's going to be the, the the class of competition that they've played to to date, and it is on the road. For 6,500, that's a guy that's really engaged. I think it's a great option. My favorite play, and this is not a shocker to anybody, but my favorite player in this game is Obi Toppin. His price <laughs> dropped uh, $300, so yep. he's down to 8,300. Rhode Island is 55% of the points that they allow are from two-point range, and Toppin shooting 70% from two this that's season. That's good. That's very good. 
Uh, he's proven he's got a 50-point ceiling. Uh, I think in a high over-under in a game where he has a very positive matchup uh, and his price has dropped, this is a great smash spot for Toppin. Yeah, Andy's at home. I just put he feels awfully safe, awfully safe with upside. So, um, and one thing, just because I'm I'm weird about these sort of things, I love the fact that this is a weird 6:30 tip for us central in the central time zone. Just because after those six o'clock games are done and everybody's gonna kind of have a sense of how how their tourney has started, you're still gonna pick up another 15, 16 points from Obi, especially if that one's closed, or from Fats Russell or a Rhode Island player. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and. And I do think uh, Rhode Island is really, really good against the three. They defend the three really well. Um, so Crutcher may be a little bit of a drop. Uh, Landers and Watson may be a little bit lower. Um, Mike Soul maybe could be a little bit of a flyer at 5,300, a guy who can do some dirty work inside. But Rhode Island does give up a bunch of assists as well. So that's where Crutcher can maybe make up for some of that loss in, in three-point shooting. Uh, he should be able to pile up the assists at home. And he's priced down a little bit too. He's down to 6,900. And he's, he's a guy who though. had a... He's been he's been quiet his last two games, but before that he had 36, 50, and 40. Yeah. So at home in a in a maybe a regress a positive regression spot, uh, I I don't think that's a terrible spot. Uh, and Chapman for 4,600, he he gets minutes. You know, if you're if you just want want some minutes, you know Rodney Chapman does play some. Yeah, I think that's good. You want to jump into our last one? Last one, let's do it. All right. So our last game we have here is UNC at Wake Forest, and this is a pick'em. With an over/under of 148, uh, Garrison Brooks got poked in the eye last game. I think he missed practice today, and uh, so he's questionable. Uh, Brandon Robinson is still out for North Carolina, but obviously Cole Anthony is back. So, Joe, any thoughts on this one? Anthony seems to be back to his old ways, so he he's still fine at 8,500. I like this matchup. You know, all right, I gotta take a pause real here for a second here, Bird. I don't like this matchup. <laughs> because I like I like watching good basketball and I understand that sloppy basketball and pacey basketball is good for DFS purposes but when I make my lineup and you you know me I'm not I'm not a DFS life for trying to win my fortune doing this I'm a guy who puts in a DFS lineup because I'm going to sit back and watch the games and and root for my players this game is going to be ugly and it's going to be sloppy and it's going to be pacey and I don't like that I have to play a lot of guys or a couple guys from this game to be competitive because I, w- I don't want to watch this game. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And, and I guess you could have, if you wanted to be a DFS nerd, you could just say, hey, I'm going to be contrarian and, and not play this game, even though it's the highest over-under on the site, instead of just saying I don't want to play because I hate all the players. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, but I got to tell the Bucketheads how it is, though. No, I don't wanna, no, that's true, though. I don't want to make myself out to be some DFS wizard here. I'm just I'm a college basketball fan. And then that's what this should be about, right? It should be about having fun, putting in some lineups, you know, having fun, getting a little bit of a sweat going. And you've been a very successful player. You won five thousand dollars in NFL, and you know it's you you do know what you're doing. You're giving yourself a little bit less credit, but but this is a it is kind of an ugly game. UNC has been horrible this year. It's not like Wake Forest is a world beater. So even though it does have the highest over under, there is still risk, and and I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, and I, I'll get off my soapbox now. I just, I just wanted to throw it out there for anyone listening that thinks they that shares my, my same situation. Uh, you, you're not alone. We prefer to play guys from fun games that we want to watch. That's all. But going to the DFS aspect of this game, Anthony feels like he's back to his old ways. He's yeah. fine at 8,500. Brooks, like you said, will likely play. I haven't got Baycott right all year. 
Um, so I'm just going to fade him for the rest of the season. <laughs> and then wrapping up, I, I'm go, I have to. I, I've missed him every time. Wrapping up North Carolina, uh, Leaky Black plays a ton of minutes. He's fine and priced all right. And then it looks like Christian Keelan's really coming on at 4,100. He's got 5X in his last two. So that's someone where I might get some of that uh, late game heat with some Keeling action. Yeah, Keeling and Playtech are both playing quite a few minutes right now with uh, Robinson out. Uh, like you mentioned, Leaky Black is probably a nice safe 4X play, maybe a whole, not a whole lot of upside. Garrison Brooks does miss. I think you kind of you might have to play Baycott because he's priced down a little bit and True. there'd be no other option down low. So I think it'd be a good value spot there. I still won't do it. Uh, I, I know you still won't do it. But <laughs> he, he, there's no reason he shouldn't get 30 DraftKings points at right, 7,000 if uh, if Brooks is out. I know. Um, from the Wake Forest side of things, if again, if Brooks is out, I think Olivier Saar could be a pretty yep. good player. He's kind of a double-double guy. Childress is a, is a really high floor play. Uh, in a pace-up game, it's going to be up and down. He's going to have the ball in his hands all game long. You know, I then, I like Childress a lot. He's at a season-low price point, too, at 7300 and he hasn't been terrible lately. So I I was kind of scratching my head, and if, if James were here, I'd ask him why he's at a 7300 And then going back to Saar, who you mentioned, I played him a lot earlier in the year, and his price has really come up since the start of the season. But he's got 30-plus DK in 6 of 8, so it looks like he's doing his thing on a consistent basis as well. No doubt about it. And the last guy I had listed here was uh, Andrian White from Wake Forest. He's 5,400. He has got between 4 and 7x in five of his last six games. He is scoring dependent, uh, but UNC gives up the 70th most points in the nation to threes, and he's going to take probably 10 threes in this game. So while he is scoring dependent, he's in good form. And at, 50, at only 5,400, he can get you some exposure to a high, op- high over under at home. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Well, hey, Bird, that put a bow on it. I yeah, think that's we're pretty little... good. We'll see. Uh, yeah, a little two-man game. Got it, got it back. No yeah. rust at all. None at all. I think I think we went a little over the 30, but it was clean, and we gave you a lot of good information. So if you could, guys, um, let us know if this works for you. We might get some sort of written content up at 4 o'clock like usual just to recap what was discussed here. Won't be full write-ups like we've done in the past with uh, our Mad Gift game or anything like that. So appreciate you guys uh, bearing with us this week as we work around. Anything else I'm missing, Bird? Yeah, uh, rate, review. Uh, James, hope you're having a great time out in San Diego, and thanks uh, for having so much fun in the sun while we're here in the 20-degree weather. The Twitter yeah. is at CBB underscore DFS. The website is CBB-DFS.com. The podcast is, well, you found that. CBB DFS. Google it in. All right, Bucketheads, now you know where to find us, and we hope to find you on top of the leaderboards. Best of luck, guys. Mm-hmm.